see what she thinks. What do you think? Did you like it? Moody, right? <laughs> oh, Ari, you gotta make her do the wave. Do the wave. Oh, you gotta start the wave over here. Ready? Ready. Okay. All right. <laughs> Are you bringing it back? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got Lorena doing the wave. That's exactly why we came to Mexico. <laughs> Welcome back to Meet Unshackled here at uh, Kenna Mexico World Summit, fourth edition, and uh, Dimitri Downing with Ari Munoz, Rita Valenzuela. I should, I'm trying. I should say Dimitri Garcia Downing. Yegolas. Since we're in Mexico, Yegolas, Yegolas. But we are thrilled to have Little an, River. <laughs> Little she River. Me. That's, that's what you. That's what they call. We should make this about me because we are with Lorena. Beltran, one of the most important individuals Beltran. in Mexican cannabis. So we're going to try. We only have 30 minutes. We're going to try to get into her whole story and how she began getting involved in Mexican cannabis and try to get you as much information as possible. And you'll know at that point you just need to connect with her. So how are you doing? I'm doing great. Good. So happy to be here with you guys and that you guys came to Mexico for right. this. Thankful. Well, we appreciate you. You are one of my Mexican go-to Mexican hosts. And I always tell people just... You want to find out what's going on in Mexico and cannabis? Call Lorena. Call Lorena. Thank Lorena. you. Call me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So let's get into you and how you started in cannabis, because I know you go back to the Colorado days. Let's start yes. at the beginning. Yes, since the beginning. So I'm from Chihuahua, Mexico. Nice. Chihuahua. Chihuahua. We're Chihuahua. the Chihuahua dogs. No, I know. <laughs> We're raised and born. I'm no, just all from Chihuahua. <laughs> I'm trying um, to keep this professional. Yeah, so, and fun. Business. <laughs> so, yeah, I had to leave uh, from Chihuahua to Colorado uh, because we were going to really tough years. Uh, the former president back then declared the war on drugs, and mm. it was pretty hard on the border. So Chihuahua border with Texas, you know, Ciudad Juarez, super dangerous. It wasn't a safe place anymore for anybody. Um, so I decided to go to Colorado. And as soon as I get there in end of 2013, uh, they legalized the recreational market. So for me, it was first, it was uh, shocking mm -hmm. because I was running away from my country because of the violence yeah. around drugs, including cannabis. And over here you have the whole legalization for recreational purposes. Mm -hmm. uh, people open up businesses, uh, making money, um, collecting taxes and all these things, you know, that for me were very impressed. I was very impressed by everything that was happening. So, but then oh, what got me in the industry more than, oh, this is a beautiful industry. Let me get in there. It's like, I need to learn. Mm -hmm. So we can legalize this in Mexico yep. because I just cannot be running away yeah. from my home mm -hmm. uh, for these issues when, you know, the Americans are already making yeah, money out of it. Doing it. And no. before in, in Chihuahua, were you, were you, you were growing in Chihuahua, were you? Growing? Growing, yeah. Like, cultivating? Uh, cultivating. Oh, no, no. Back that year, 2013, from 2010 to 2013, it was the most violent period right. there. So, no, not even. Like, even if try. you had a successful restaurant, you could get kidnapped. You had to pay a fee monthly to the cartels. So, forget about growing. Yeah, you know, you're going to get taken. Regular businesses what were struggling. What about consu consumption and possession in, in Chihuahua? What was that? Mean? So... Chihuahua is very conservative. It's a very conservative state. So you, I, I was never around too many people that smoke weed uh, until I met my ex-boyfriend and he introduced me to it. I started smoking when I was 25 years old. 
Um, and yeah, those were the, the hard years. So at the same time, I felt, you know, a little bit guilty of like, oh, I'm smoking and having fun. But at the same time, there's people out there Going getting killed town. for this. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so it was it was a weird period. But when I got to Colorado, I got on a mission. I was yeah. like, I'm learning this. I'm getting into politics. I'm going to learn as much as I can from medical, recreational, industrial, everything. And I'm going to go back to Mexico. And little by little, I found my, my way back Figure after yeah, learning and being part of uh, incredible companies such as Charlotte's Web, uh, working with the Stanley Brothers. I think that was my cannabis university. Nice. And then jumping into a recreational company, Wolfpack Cannabis. And then they sent me to Colombia to help them get licenses. So mm, I learned cool. so much in like four years. Hit all the parts. 2000, yeah. 2000, 2013, 2017. Yes. And then you migrated back to Mexico. Yeah, because in 2017, at the beginning of the year, uh, the legislators, you know, the Senate was talking about legalizing medical cannabis. So I was like, this is the opportunity. And then I became an external advisor in the Senate, helping legislators that wanted to approve the law. And uh, finally it happened in June of 2017, same month that I... Um, had Cannabis Salud for the first time. So and Cannabis Salud is a, is a grand gathering of advocates, business members. Right. So I decided to do this Cannabis Summit mainly for health professionals because health professionals. it was a medical law. So I was like, they're going to approve this law and where are the doctors going to go? Who like who's going to provide some type of information or guidance? So I decided to do this conference and it was a great success since you know the first year because there was so much interest from doctors scientists um, and pol politicians in general so i've been doing it every year um the first three years focused on medical and as we started evolving the conversation uh people getting more interested in industrial and adult use um then I decided to do another version of Cannabis Salud, which is a business and investment summit. So nice. is there now two or just one? So I'm planning on having both for the first time, if not next year, the, ne the year after, uh, because they're different type of conferences. Yeah. So now Cannabis Salud Business and Investment Summit takes place in Cancun, and I think it's going to stay there. Um, and I want to go back to Mexico City and do Cannabis Salute for Health Professionals. Very and, nice. And the, the Cannabis Salute in Cancun is in, and this is just one of your projects, and we're going to yes. get to a bunch of things. <laughs> that Cannabis Salute, which is a, uh, what's the website of that, and when is that event? Yeah, so it's CannabisSalute.com. Uh, social media, we have everything from LinkedIn, Facebook, um, and Instagram. Cannabis Salute MX, you can find us right away. And uh, this event is going to be end of May, beginning of June. We're about to close the exact dates. Next year. Next year, 2023. Okay. So just follow us on our website, social media, so you can find out about the exact dates in the next couple of weeks. And um, everything that we have to offer, because at this Business and Investment Summit, it's, um, it's an exclusive event meaning that it's small, it's for 300 people, it's executive level, um, people with in intermediate to advanced knowledge in cannabis, um, so we can connect you with the right people to expand your business, to uh, connect you with funds, investors. Mm -hmm. um, awesome. 
Yeah, it's, it's very so entertaining, people too. People who want to start their brand or take their brand to the next level, you would exactly. recommend going there? Yeah, well, to Am the I next still level. invited? Yes. Uh, I mean, <laughs> well, you, too. She said, Thank you. she said exclusive. I'm uh, getting worried now. You're part of this list. I, I've been Makes to the sense. other ones. Um, okay, so, and very important, if you're looking to migrate or do business in Mexico, Cannabis Lude is a great, and you can't get a hold of Lorena. Or she's working on too many projects. She can't help you. Or she dismisses you as a client. No. Um, yeah. No, uh, so, she's a queen. Yeah. So, well, she's a busy lady. Um, uh, go to Cannabis Salute and you'll meet a lot of other people there. It's a C-suite executive level event in, Can in, in Cancun in May and June. And we, did we give the website? Yeah, yes. CannabisSalute.com. Okay. So, so we got that out of the way, which is, you know, it's a very valuable bit of information that mm -hmm. people should know. Just like uh, President Fox event, Canada, Mexico, that we're at, it's the gathering point for executives, thought leaders, uh, advocates, and, and, you know, legislators, media, and people who are, like, changing the laws and, and trying to do business. Correct. So you, you got that part. We got through, through that project and where that's at right now. But in 2017, you also started uh, your other projects. I know you consult and you help companies yeah. migrate into Mexico. Let's talk about that and see if we can get a couple minutes into the current status of Mexican regulations. Mm. Yeah, so also in 2017, I created a company called Endonatura Labs, uh, which I co-funded um, with the businessmen in, in Mexico, three brothers, amazing people that believed in my vision and my business plan. And nice. we were one of the 13 companies to get import permits in 2018. Then the government changed. They changed the regulations. They tried to avoid, you know, to void our permits. And we had to take them to court because that was also against the yeah, law against like right. yeah yeah because we did everything on their laws and regulations we did everything correctly so it took us almost three years to get our permits back mm -hmm. fighting in court and we finally got them back and these import permits are for raw materials on so the natura lab um what it does is imports these raw materials that are pharma grade uh, and we supply uh the pharmaceutical industry that right now are starting to do formulations for clinical trials. Clinical. So they're not even at clinical trials yet? Uh, they're barely in like pre-clinicals, first phase. So to see these products on the market is going to take a few years, but we needed to start. At least another you know, tested, right? right? Yeah. So <laughs> our raw material is going into these places uh, to be tested, to be um, doing research formulations, and hopefully in the near future we're going to see those raw materials already in an end product with nice. this company. Where do you guys import from? From Czech Republic. Czech Republic. Nice. Mm -hmm. So when you mean raw materials, what does that mean? Raw materials means isolates, CBD and CBG isolate, and in a distillate form as well, and a full spectrum with less than 1% THC. Mm. All are from a pharmaceutical grade, EU, GMP, um, all the certificates that the pharma industry requires in order to use it as an ingredient for a pharmaceutical. Okay, nice. and that's, I mean, your, your level of expertise, we could do 50 years on you. Um, <laughs> so what kind of companies should you reach out to you in regards to this one-on-one uh, -on -one consulting and the opportunities that you can help them in this space? So first of all, I think uh, to help people understand our rules and regulations, number one. Second, one thing is to explain what's written and another one is to explain how to navigate it, yeah. right. right? 
how to find those little holes that make the difference in a business, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and connect you to the right people because I don't know everything, but I know a lot of people. You yeah, do. right. Point them in the right <laughs> direction. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so unfortunately, when you come to Mexico, you run into a lot of people that just wants money and makes fraud and offers fake licenses and stuff. So I make sure I connect you to the right lawyers, you know, um, consultants of any type, uh, different expertise, in order to make sure that you know, you're gonna, your, your money is going in, in a, the right place yeah. and you're not going to yeah, be losing like crazy. Uh, that's over the last four years, there's been a lot of that. And it's going yeah. to put a lot of people off about Mexico is, you know, it's like, hurry up and wait and give me money and I'll connect you and nothing's happening. Right. And there's a lot of people that got offended. Yeah. And that's mainly for like foreigners that want to come to Mexico. But for Mexicans, I love to help uh, startups that need a little bit of guidance, for example, if they're bringing a new product to the market uh, to help them understand what they need to do in order to comply with certain regulations that maybe we don't have right now, but they will come. So they have to be ready with the product that can comply with the future regulations because I'm talking about these startup companies, let's say, in the legacy market, you know, that exists and that it's huge in Mexico, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to be careful with what you're selling just because it's not being regulated by Cofepris yet. But there's a market, there's a consumer, so let's make sure that what you're giving, at least, you know, it's so, not going to hurt anybody, yeah. has quality, and it's going to help you because if you have the right label, you know, child-proof packaging and all these things, once it becomes legal, you're going to be ready. Yeah, you already sure. have it done. Yeah, so out there. We, we try to help uh, those Mexican companies, you know, to do that. So, uh, okay, so you, you've got Cannabis Lou, that's a big project, Endo Natural Labs. And what, what else have you done in the, in the cannabis industry here in Mexico or other things that you'd like to talk about? Well, I'm also a speaker. I get invited to all kinds of conferences around the world to speak about Mexico and, you know, the challenges that we have and opportunities as well. Um, so that's one of the things that I enjoy the most. Okay, and that gave me the segue because I wanted to get into your advocacy as well, and it kind of relates to your knowledge of the laws and how that all came about because I know you meet with the senators and deputados and everyone to discuss uh, the how the... Yeah. market structures and the regulatory structures could work, should work, might work, and nobody has absolute answers, but you share a lot of information and put a lot of people together. So what, where is Mexico now? You know, <laughs> where, where are we at now? And maybe you want to start from how we got to where we're at now or just... So I'm going to try to be as... <laughs> Yeah, no, it's like, it's like a dissertation, but, you know, maybe like five minutes you can... Yeah, in five minutes, okay, it's going to be hard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can contact me if you're s more confused than before. Yeah. A couple of coffee. questions. <laughs> yeah, um, but anyway, we have a medical cannabis law, uh, which is now very restrictive with the new regulations of this new government coming in. means that everything falls in the pharmaceutical industry. So medical cannabis in Mexico, it's not like medical cannabis in the U.S. or Canada. It's actually medical cannabis is pharmaceutical cannabis. So if you want to cultivate, uh, process that plant into an end product, has to go into a pharmaceutical lab. So I can grow plants. Uh, I need to have uh, certain 
permits to do that and certifications in order to have the quality inside my greenhouse or indoor facility. And then in order to extract, you also need certain permits for your extraction facility to make sure that you have those certifications that pharma requires because at the end with that raw material, the ex concentrates, you can only sell it to somebody that has a pharmaceutical lab. And is that uh, less than 1% CBD or is that THC as it well? It doesn't matter. There can be THC, high CBD. Uh, if you produce it in Mexico, as long as you have a buyer who has a pharmaceutical lab. So it has to go to them, no matter what. And okay. it can be more than 1%? can be more than 1% because the government, you're making sure that your extract is going to go into a pharmaceutical lab that's going to do clinical trials mm -hmm. on that Makes oil, sense. on that formulation that they make with this raw material. So, so there aren't any t pharmaceutical THC products that have, or CBD that have been released to the pharmacies yet? Not yet, but we're very close. There are some dermatological yeah. products uh, because they only take a year or two on clinical trials. So we're going to start to see mainly those products on the market uh, probably next year. But then the other type of pharmaceuticals are going to take a little longer because mm. it's a clinical trial. You know? yeah. so. How so many years do you think it'll take? Depends on the condition that you want to treat with that product, mm -hmm. but it can go from three years to 15 years. Okay. You know, depends if you want to, you know, treat a specific cancer. I'm sure it's going to take longer yeah. than if you're trying just to treat pain, for yeah. example, right? Yeah. So if I'm a company uh, seriously committed to the medicinal benefit of cannabis and a high-grade, you know, medicinal therapeutical product mm -hmm. and want to get it through the Mexican system... You can help them with that. Yes. We have a team of uh, experts that can help you do the registration of your product. So if you're already doing preclinicals on your formulation on your product, we can bring those preclinicals and clinical results to Mexico and validate them here. Um, oh, so you can use other countries' data. Yes. Okay. And, and I'll... Some companies are getting that, you know, interested in that part because clinical trials in the U.S. are way more expensive than Mexico, right? right. So they are trying to migrate their data to Mexico to here. continue the clinical trials here. Uh, we can do that. Um, and, of course, there's some dietary supplements that are finding their way to get imported into Mexico. Um, the route is... Mainly through court, you know, mm -hmm. to get in an amparo. We like, we're going to talk about amparos. Amparos. We'll oh, get my to God. That. We'll, get to the, we'll get to that next. Keep, yeah. keep on going. Are there people doing in vitro studies as well? In vitro. In vitro where they test the cells, you know, to see how it reacts without actually testing the people? Uh, I think so. Like yeah, in, in the petri sure. dish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, definitely. I got some people doing those in the United States. So I thought that was kind of interesting. In vitro and tissue culture and yeah, I, yeah, I, several I, things like that. Yeah. I learned about that recently. Save the turps. <laughs> what? Save the turps. Save the turps. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, back, back, back to where we were. Um, so you, so a company is looking to get their product in the medical level. They should talk to you. Yes. What about like? You know, a brand like Jeter or Cookies, uh, Cookies, the product, not the retail store. You know, these brands that eventually, because a lot of work, Media USA is connecting to more and more brands. Right. And they say, we want to get to the Mexican consumer. What's our first step? All well. The, somebody always told us, register your trademark or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. 
register your your, your brand, name, yeah. your name in Mexico. If it's a CBD product uh, made with isolates, uh, it's possible that we can register those products and bring them into Mexico. Our, the COFEPRIS, the Mexican FDA, it's been more flexible around isolates, mm -hmm. CBD, CBG, mainly CBD. Uh, but then when it comes to TAC and adult use products, no, there's nothing happening around that in terms of importation. Yeah. But again, in Mexico, we have so many Mexican brands out there in the, in the yeah. legacy market. But they're positioning themselves, you know, mm -hmm. just like many other companies did back in the day in the U.S., right? So Cookies, for example, is the, is the, is the brand that everyone knows in the whole country in Mexico. Already. Why is that? It's already because... They have a huge impact everywhere. Okay, okay. And we get so many recreational products from the U.S. into Mexico. You have no right. idea. Yeah. Yeah. Like what, what? a ton. And Cookies is a very well-accepted brand like everywhere else, right? And if you go to like downtown Mexico in Tepito, you find all kind of fake brands. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah. the most uh, mm -hmm. replica replicated brand is Cookies. Yes. How do you spell so Tepito? I've been too. to Tepito a few times, yeah. but how do you spell it? Tepito, yeah. T-E-P-E-T-O? Uh-huh. Okay, just so Tepito. people can Google and go. Yes, <laughs> Tepito, Google it. I would always... Tepi tepito cookies. I, I would always <laughs> take my little cousins. They would all be like three, four, five, six, seven, eight years old, and there's a whole bunch of them. And I would carry them through Tepito because nobody messes with a, a man or a woman with kids. who has a little kid with them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a little bit of a dangerous area. That's funny. I mean, technically. Do you go there a lot? I've been there, but I don't go there a lot. Yeah, she's like, no, don't <laughs> hang out there. So Just when I go do my, my research on, like, packaging and what they're selling in there right. around cannabis, it's very interesting. So I mean, we've already, we all have, like, five, six minutes left. So we've already established, look, if you're getting into the commercial, the, 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 the traditional market, if you want to do this as a serious business, contact Lorena, contact her organization, contact her friends, and uh, they can help you. And if she can't help you, go to the ca Cannabis Salute Conference. We got that. We've got people some good avenues to get in. Let's talk a little bit about what's really happening on the ground, the legacy market. and yeah. what Because we were going to go to a dispensary together, and I was down at Expo uh, Weed. Expo Weed. Expo Weed. And people want to know about a couple things. What is the gray market like in Mexico right now? It must be massive. And then we'll get into maybe what yeah. the cartels are up to. Yeah. So what what, I think what do you hear? What do you know? I think it's massive. Uh, there states that are now recognized to be, for example, where they have more grows there than any other states, like from indoor to greenhouses. Of course, the out outdoor cultivation has been there forever. Yeah. You know, it's in the mountains of Mexico yeah. everywhere. Uh, the difference is that now farmers are learning and understanding that they need to change a few things from genetics to... Um, nutrients, nutrients to water to like all these things that matter a lot in order to have a better product and make more money, yeah. right? So we see that evolution in into our farmers, and you have all kinds of people getting into this industry from the ones that have been there forever, from generations to like younger people, you know, new generations uh, interested in it. So just in like Mexico City, the largest city, 25, 26 million people, you have a lot of indoor growth, you know, hidden, of course, underground. They're there. Um, then you have... Not that you've seen any. <laughs> I haven't seen any. 
um, and of course dispensaries. Uh, very few that have like physical spots, uh, retail stores. They're mainly e-commerce, and there's a huge, um, um, let's say, type of business doing e-commerce. You know, e-commerce like delivery deliveries. They have like Telegram groups, WhatsApp yeah. groups, or just through social media. And every week they're sending you the the, the menu. They update it every month, and the menus are sometimes like hundred of pages. Yeah, oh my gosh, <laughs> all yeah. the products in the U.S. plus the national products. Mm -hmm. So it's you like it just struck me. Maybe it's better if Mexico doesn't legalize. Sometimes I think the same. I wonder that because we're always complaining about the legacy market not getting involved and social justice and people not being able to participate and small farmers and mom and pops and, and the situation in the United States is, is not conducive to that. And if we don't know where Mexico is going to end up. And, and, and maybe you could talk about a little tension between the different types yeah. of market structures. But if nothing happens except for decrim, then all these people who are just doing their thing will just Surprise. keep doing their thing more exactly. without a regulatory structure. Because when you have a regulatory structure, then you open the doors to big companies, big money, MSOs, and they everybody. wipe out the all legacy the market. And right now, the legacy market is the one benefiting, mm -hmm. you know, really from what's going it's on, you know. So here we're going to get into white-collar Lorena versus blue-collar Lorena. <laughs> let's, let's talk about the differences in the regulatory structures that Mexico is looking at. So before we jump into that, I just want to say that another thing that why it, it would also be good this, to regulate. I thought you were going to say this is not an official position. <laughs> the, the market is that then you don't have to worry that much from the cartels and the bad people, like the violent ones, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Because in their minds, it's also like, oh, it's already legal. Well, we're done. There's nothing else yeah. we can do. Right, because I've heard from from people, um, and if we keep it illegal, they think it's still just their business. Mm -hmm. And so, if you're doing it, you right. need to pay me, or you're in trouble. Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. So, to catch on yeah, 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 definitely. But um, I mean, hopefully, we we have more um, consciousness inside our. Congress and hopefully smart people that can understand uh, Mexico situation and regulate accordingly, uh, because we can all benefit and everybody can be happy, you know, from yeah, from the cartels because we're not going to be able to raise them or forget about them. We have to include everybody. Well, won't they just kind of migrate into other businesses? Aren't they just mostly people who are looking for a quick buck, not necessarily in love with cannabis? Exactly. Quick buck and... Um, Less regulations. Anything, any, anything that makes money, you know. If I have a prosperous business, if I have a taqueria in the corner and I'm making money, they're going to be after me and yeah, asking me for money anyway. So now imagine cannabis. If they do that with yeah. bars, restaurants, uh, the grandma store, like they don't care. Mm -hmm. So, um, gotta go through it. Yeah, what's the government gonna do about that? Yeah. What is, how are we gonna be secure if they regulate it? We're gonna be pay, paying taxes. I think that's the main responsibility of our government to yeah. take care of the people that wanna do this the right way and maintain everybody secure.
Yeah. And, and I think and it gets really complicated, too. Like, you can go to a small village in Oaxaca and have a couple experiences down there. And it's, you know, not cartels, but a group of young men who are just punks and they control yeah. the marijuana trade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cartel, but they're not, it's not this, like, mysterious organized mafia that people yeah. perceive. Exactly. You know, but they're connected to the people that the come people through the from the next uh-huh. village. And everybody's connected to everybody, and they're all interwoven with the local yeah. police and stuff. It's yeah, and that's why I, I, I hate to put labels when we yeah. say cartel. We think about the worst, but inside these organizations, you also have good people. Not everybody's yeah. a killer or violent, yeah, you true. know. It's people that you mm-hmm. just want to make a living. Are we okay on time? What's going to happen? You need to put another battery? Yeah, I got to pause it if you guys want to keep going. And yeah, then p- push pause, and then we'll and put it. I have to pause that one. Okay, push pause. Okay. All right, back. It it, it it's well together. Yes. So so don't <laughs> worry about it. Uh, so where were we at? We were talking about the involvement of the cartels and the, the potential, the myth, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there's and some good people. Good people. And, yeah, let's not put tax anymore. You know, we have a little bit of everything everywhere. Just like in politics, we got good people, not so good, you know, bad people. It's you Same sound, everywhere. You sound like Donald Trump. I like it. No, but, but <laughs> I mean, here I, I now live in a world where I try not to categorize. Right. I try not to generalize. And people who do actively, I just kind of like, I kind of move away from. And they, people are not categories. Mm-hmm. You know, they're individuals. They're yeah. autonomous. Respect right. the individual. Respect the data point. And, yeah. and I think that's a lot of what's getting lost nowadays and why you see all this populism is people are like, I'm a human. I'm an individual. I'm yep. an autonomous being. I'm not this this thing that government and society can mm-hmm. just manipulate, you know? And so, yeah. but that's, that's a, that's a bigger, deeper philosophical question. I agree. Um, so cannabis salute endo natural labs. Is, is that the two best ways to get in touch with you? Yes. Mainly cannabis salute. Um, since it's honestly the conference that put us on the, ma- on the global map. Yeah. Um, and yeah, cannabis salute and my personal social media and public, um, here to connect and help. Oh, yeah. And what's I'm on, your social I follow you on Instagram. Yeah, my Instagram is Lorena Belt. Um, and the rest, just type Lorena Beltran and you'll see some cannabis, cannabis leaves around me. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever thought about doing your own brand? Yes. Like uh, I Lorena's think, yeah. I'll do Lorena something. Uh, some people are already telling me to do like uh, uh, La Reina del Norte okay. or like things like that. And I'm like, I'll wait for that one until it becomes legal. Um, but now I'm thinking about more like a paraphernalia brand or, you know. Like flower, like pipes and stuff like that. Yeah, merch. something. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at like very unique designs that I can work with, you know, uh, people here in Mexico. So we'll see. We'll see. It's in my mind. Coming soon. It will come soon. (laughs) Last question before uh, we close up. Uh, When do you see adult use? What do you see in the horizon? So being very realistic, we thought it was going to happen during um, this presidency with Andres Manuel, with AMLO. Um, He didn't do it. He's not going to do it. He only has like a year and a half left. Now, has he said he's not going to do it? He said he's not going to do it. Mm. Okay. Because he's, he's got three more Congresses. He oh, could do can, it, right? Can you imagine like what he said on the last time he spoke about cannabis on the Mañaneras, his mm. morning conferences every single day, Monday to Friday. You can listen to him. I thought, 
Hasta mañanero was something else. <laughs> 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 El mañanero. <laughs> Is that, you that's know something that else. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway. That's okay. We'll close your ears. <laughs> um, what, um, the mañaneras? Yeah, he said that... Um, Sorry. He is not interested in making money through taxes, legalizing a drug. Mm. So he's like, not interested in taxes that comes from a drug. So Still a drug dealer. Yeah. He's like, health, it's priority, not the money. But there's rumors that he uses it for health reasons, isn't it? <sighs> Those are rumors. So many rumors, you know, but... At the same time, he's like contradicting himself because he's saying, I'm not going to put uh, health, um, money first and then health by taxing a drug. But then we have so many papers and scientific research that it benefits your health, right? The plan right. has uh, medical benefits. So he is coming from uh, uneducated you know, response. Yeah. From a conservative mind. Everything. Yeah. From a religious perspective because he's a hardcore Christian and he has a lot of the Jew, the Jew community mm. around so him too. He carries too. the stigma. So, yeah, he carries the stigma and he already said, no, it's a drug. So, we're hoping for the next president. We, we, we can all change. Sometimes it takes a while for people to learn Some what's education. good for them. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, hopefully next president he'll get it he'll have a friend or a relative and and but no but he'll change eventually maybe he'll be 75 or 80 and long long past the president yeah. but uh, no one can deny the, uh, the the therapeutical value the what's called homeopathic holistic. holistic naturopathic value of cannabis yeah it is a natural substance yeah. that's been used around the world or maybe he does know and he uses it but it's just in his agenda not to yeah. approve it and because he has other, other interests and other people that don't want it to happen. So when is the next presidency uh, coming up? In a year and a half. Year and a half. Year and a half or That's so. That's not yeah. that long. Okay. No. Well, well, I mean, think about all the people in jail, though, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, oh, Mexico yeah. must be filled with people that are in jail for yeah. marijuana-related crimes. Oh, yeah. And uh, mainly women. It's a higher percentage of That's women what I in heard. jail for that. Yeah. Why is that again? Um, I guess because men use women as mulas. Yeah. And they're Take the ones across. taking it across or just doing transportation. They're less likely to get pulled over. And they get caught. And sometimes, you know, most of the times they do it for their boyfriends, their husbands, you know, that convince them to do it. Or, of course, also for the money, you know. Yeah. There's so much poverty in this country that people are willing to do anything. Are a lot of people, uh, a lot of the advocates focusing on that at the at the uh, national level, talking about that? Is that a big Unfortunately, movement? Unfortunately, no. I think it's very, very, very few. Well, there's a group that's doing an amazing job called Regulación por la Paz. Mm. Um, we met them. Yeah, Regulación por la Paz. Yeah. Uh, the leader there is Sara Snap. And they're she's from Colorado. She's yeah. from Colorado, but she was raised in Mexico. She's been here for a very long time, drug policy expert and the umbrella of Regulación por la Paz brings many other nonprofits and organizations including um, Cannabis Salud is you know uh, joining and many different groups from doctors to patients to just advocates and yeah she she always brings that to the conversation. So they bring a topic. lot of um, education. Yeah right? but I think we need definitely more. Yeah. More and more and more of that. Knowledge is power. 
<laughs> yep. and, and cooperation, community. And cooperation. Yeah. There's power in numbers. Yeah, that's where there you're we going go. with that. Our so, numbers. <laughs> so, Lorena, it's it's been our absolute pleasure pleasure to interact with you and to interview you, and uh, I mean, you are my go-to person in Mexico because, yes. you know, you have so much going on. You give people a little bit of time, maybe over a cup of coffee. You know, I make them buy me dinner, but you know, that's <laughs> just just take you know take her to a cup of coffee and I need to learn more from you. So yeah. good dinner. Send them in the right. <laughs> well, I always remind, don't expect to get her for free because. You need to pay her hourly. So if you see this, you just call her and say, Lorena, I need some consulting on where things are at, what to do with my brand, my company, my idea in Mexico. And I know you charge $300 an hour. Is that about right? Somewhere in there? <laughs> Between so, 200 and 300 depending. Uh, okay. Well, depending see, see how nice she is? She drops yeah. it down automatically. <laughs> but, you know, no, honestly, I mean, the people will be are going to be looking for experts in the Mexican uh industry as it evolves and it's our honor to present you to our audience and you're going to keep growing with the industry so it's exciting to just be hanging out with you thank you thank you so much for for the invitation and i'm here to help we're here to serve i think that's the our main mission as humans to serve and uh do good right make the world it's so simple (laughs) well thank you for joining us thanks for tuning in to another episode of mira unshackled